I don't walk up to a case full of wieners and go, hmm, which ones are meaty? Which ones are not meaty? <laughs> Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And welcome to episode number 114 of Unscripted. I am your co-host, Bill Petrie. With me as always, the good time player man from Coshocton, Ohio, also known as the field marshal of foam footballs, the one and only Kirby Hossman. Kirby, how the hell are you today? I am so pissed right now. You are. Yeah. You are bitter. You are a bitter Kirby today. This is a new Kirby for most of our listeners. Yeah, no, I literally, as, as you know, just because it happened about 30 seconds ago, my entire email just erased, including my calendar, email, all folders which I'm sure is a feature that almost every Microsoft Outlook um, customer wants. I mean, that's what they want to have happen when you hit the wrong button is just to erase everything. So doing pretty good. How about you? Well, Kirby, I'm not going to hit the level of bitterness <laughs> you will today, which is pretty rare. Usually I'm the bitter one and you're the, <laughs> the kind one. But you know, there's an organization in our industry where something like that could never happen. What's that? Who's that, Bill? Oh, Kirby, I'm so glad you asked, and so is our listening audience. That would be the good people at CommonSkew. You know, we talk about CommonSkew and how their software is all about growing and supporting the entrepreneurs in our industry, and, and you're, frankly, you're one of them. For sure. Um, and we all know it's a platform that's going to streamline the entire workflow and keeps everything organized from presentation to invoice. But one thing we don't talk about enough, I think, is that they're, they're, they, they are really the industry's most vibrant community. And you and I are both on CommonSkew and are uh, both customers of CommonSkew. They really offer some great educational resources and events that keep the entrepreneurs, the dreamers, the innovators connected and focused on growth. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. You've gone to SkewCon, you've gone to SKU Camp, you, you read the blogs. What is your favorite educational component of CommonSkew? Oh man, that's a really good one because they're. They, You're you damn know, right. It's a good question, Kirby. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would say probably when we're all in person. I, I think either the SKU Camp or the SKU Con is probably my favorite. But again, like when, uh, just because it puts all the those people that you talked about in a room, and the energy level is always really, really good. And you know, but that's, that being said, their blogs are must read, right? Like yeah. so, Bobby just came out with one this past week, and it's like you just you mark it as something you're going to spend the time on. So you're a hundred percent right. Yeah, no question. And, and what I love about the events, and 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 and, uh, and I love the events. I think that's probably my favorite thing, is the accidental collisions that happen among the people there. You you yep. run into people who are really like minded. You know, Seth Godin talks about building a tribe, and I think Mark, Catherine, Bobby, Samantha Cates, and all the people at Cometsky have really done a great job of building a tribe of people. And and I, I'm I'm honored to be a part of that tribe. I know you are too. And so For I know sure. our listening. Yeah, absolutely. And I know our listening audience is also interested in becoming part of that tribe and so if you are and gosh gosh darn it why wouldn't you be go ahead and head over to commonskew.com slash unscripted get some information about what it's like to be on the commonskew platform and what it's like to have that platform help you elevate your business to heights you never even expected so go to commonskew.com slash unscripted kirby are they going to be sorry that they did they will not be sorry they did Kirby, that's awesome. So why don't, since you're bitter today, since, <laughs> yeah, you're ang- since you're angry, Kirby, why don't you start us off with a, a topic, and let's go ahead and shoot for a pine 
level of broadcasting today. Not balsa wood. We're going to do higher than balsa wood. Go for pine. Okay, awesome. And actually, this this uh, this topic is one that I think is appropriate based on what just happened in my mood. Um, so, a good friend of mine. He's a multi-level rep, uh, multi-line rep in the industry. His name's Doug Langer, mm-hmm. and um, he uh, posted to the Promotional Products Professionals page this, this yes. past week. Yes! <laughs> right? And um, he talked about, and it, it was one of those kind of mini rants from Doug, where he talked about how he was on one of the road shows, mm-hmm. and essentially it was the highest level of theft that he had ever experienced in his uh, career, where literally okay. every... After every show, uh-huh. people were taking high dollar quote unquote samples that were glued down. Whoa. And and like, you know, they would be busy, the show would be busy, so he wouldn't be able to keep his eye on every single thing. Sure. And now that is a pet peeve of mine, right? Like, mm-hmm. don't take shit that's not yours. It's absurd right. that we need to say this out loud. Right. But like there are certain things, of course, you know, it's a pen or it's a this or it's a that that you that are obviously set out for people to take. But it's such a pet peeve of mine that I won't even take those. Right. I like I ask to take anything, and the idea that people in our industry are stealing—it's yeah. like it's not like this isn't semantics. You're taking something that isn't yours. It like I'm not sure if it's a misdemeanor or a felony, but it certainly. Uh, I think requires us as an industry and those of us who believe we're ambassadors to potentially go to a throat punch when we see it happening. Uh, it needs to stop. Yeah, it's real serendipitous you brought this up because I actually had this on my list today. Okay. And <laughs> so uh, I'm really glad you brought it up. Um, I, that bothered me a lot. Yeah. And, and here, here's my philosophy of, of atten- as a distributor. When I was a distributor, my philosophy of attending a trade show was, I would carry a pad folio with me. That was it. Yep. And if I wanted something, I was going to have to lug it around all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that made me really think about it. Is it worth lugging something around all day? And unfortunately, we have a, 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 a seemingly large group of people who attend trade shows for the sole purpose of just getting free crap. And and it bothers me greatly. And so, you know, I understand if you have a pile of cost-effective, low-cost, whatever label you want to put on it. I understand if you have a, a, a pile of stuff for people to take or a box, a bunch of mint tins in a fishbowl or whatever. That makes sense. But when people are literally ripping products off of a wall, glued wall, yes, that is... Um, it, it, it is theft. It's, 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 it's horrific. Yeah. It is theft. It, and, it, and it's... Uh, it's embarrassing. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's embarrassing, you know, and that's why so many suppliers get so fed up with these shows. Yeah. Because, they're, first of all, they're exhausting. Let's, let's say everything goes well. They're exhausting. But, you know, if a show is, let's say, I don't know, um, 10, to, 10 to 3, they, that means they got to get up at whatever time, drive there an hour and a half, get there an hour and a half to two hours early, set up, and some of the setups are, are pretty intense, right. and they're heavy, and you got to lug a bunch of crap and catalogs. You go through the show, and you're basically Teddy Ruxpin saying the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again to people about your product line or what's selling or what's hot. And then because the show ends at 3, that means everybody stops coming at 1.30. So now you're just <laughs> sitting around 
kind of waiting to break down. Finally, three o'clock comes. You break down. You got to lug all this crap back to your car, and a lot of the times they have to do it again the next day. Right. And so what 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 distributors don't realize is when you take things like that, when you even when you are for lack of a better term, even kind of kind about it and say, hey, can I have that? Sure. You are really taking sales tools away from the suppliers, and, and it is theft. I don't know if it would qualify to call the police or <laughs> do anything like that about it. I don't, I'm not sure I'm going to advocate a throat punch like you did, but... <laughs> I'm fully um, advocating that, just so well, we're clear. <laughs> here's what I'm advocating. Here's what I'm advocating. Shame. In our society, there's not enough shame yeah, for doing fair. the wrong thing. There should be shame. I would, you know, I remember when I was in college, and if someone bounced a check, like a six-dollar check, to the cow hop uh, across the street from Texas A&M because you know someone was trying to get some food and they bounced a six-dollar check, they would paste that check on the yeah. cash register. Right. And there was a certain amount of shame involved in that. I would like to do something similar. Do not give this person any samples. Right. They're a known thief. I would love that. Yeah. A little shame would go a long way, and I, I really hate the fact that we have to talk about this. I really do. I, I, I was reluctant to bring it up because it does piss me off. It does send off a hot button, And uh, but I'm glad you did. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. Well, what I would say is most of the listeners, I think, of, of this show are uh, – obviously, they're not the part of the problem, right? But one of the things I'd say is – and I really take this very seriously. Like if you work for, uh, for us, I, I am very adamant. Look, you go to shows, you ask. You, right. you are respectful to those people. They've spent money on this, and you wouldn't like it happening to you. And so I would say that the people in our, our audience, the people who listen to this show, we need to – again, we need to protect – each other in the industry. We need to be better representatives. And when we see that stuff happening, we need to call it out. It's ridiculous. We, we do. And it's actually, you know, it's funny because yesterday in promo chat, I said something that uh, the, the question was, what would you like to see more of in education? And I said, I'd like to see a panel discussion between suppliers and mm. distributors where we stop cannibalizing this industry and figure out how to work together to elevate it. Because yes. I do feel like we're cannibalizing the industry. And this is the exact example I was thinking of when I wrote that post. And you were mentioning that. I'd love to see thoughtful, responsible, respected people have that kind of conversation. How do we work together to really elevate this thing and stop just, hey, man, nobody's looking. I'm going to pick that shit up. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I am totally down. I saw, I did see that tweet this morning, and so yeah. thank you for tagging me in it. And what I would say is I am totally down for that. That's I a thought, great idea. Kirby, I thought you might be. Okay, cool. All right, so Kirby, I don't know if you saw this. I'm sure you did. It was big news in our industry. And no, I'm not talking about Halo's acquisition of Sunrise Identity because, honestly, I feel like every week we talk about an acquisition in this podcast. We're not going to do that today. Congratulations, Halo. Congratulations, Sunrise Identity. It's awesome. Yeah. All right. I don't know if you saw this, though, but Joanne Lance, who uh, has been at Geiger for mm, yes. so many years and, 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 and truly uh, one of the uh, very special women in our industry, is going to become the Geiger president in January. And I thought this was super interesting because it's the first time, I believe, either five or six generations, so I might have that wrong, and someone uh, who listens to this podcast from Geiger, maybe uh, Janet McMaster or somebody will, will correct me, but the first time in generations that a non-family member yeah. will helm the organization. And it got me to thinking about you, okay. actually, because you have an organization that has your name affixed to it. Sure. Hossaman Marketing. And you have a number of businesses that have your name affixed to it. Mm -hmm. How would you approach having a non-Hossaman run your business? And what I thought was, how would you vet it? Would you even be comfortable mm -hmm. with it? 
and could you step away? So like Gene Geiger is going to become CEO. He will still be involved. Right. Um, but could you truly step away? And I really wanted your perspective on that considering, again, the parallel of you have a business with your name on it. Yeah. No, it's a great question and one that I think anybody like this, anybody who's as narcissistic as me, uh, you know, when you have your name on it, it is a challenge that you sort of kind of probably are going to need to deal with. And so, um, yeah, no, I actually, so to answer one part of the question is, would I be comfortable? Yes, absolutely. I would be comfortable um, with the right person running an organization. And I think, not to, to shift it a little bit, but that's sort of happening at Hossman Brewing. Right? right, like so, um, Robbie, our brewer, has taken a big lead um, in that organization because there's just only so much of me to go around. Um, and I think, what do you do to vet it? I think it's got to be somebody, from my perspective, who knows all areas of the business. This is just my philosophy. So, in other words, it, I would be uncomfortable bringing in somebody who didn't understand the culture, didn't understand, you know, the the nuts and bolts of every way we do things. Not that you have to do it the same way, but you need to understand why we did it that way. For me to be comfortable with you making coming in and saying, "Okay, you need to change it," right? right. Um, now, I, again, I think you sort of did this with Promo Corner where you came in and you're like, okay, I'm not going to make any giant changes for the first X amount of months. Right? Absolutely. No, I, yeah, that was my philosophy. I came in and first when, when Joel and I talked about it, I was like, hey, first 60, 90 days, all I'm going to be doing is listening and learning. I mean, yep. subtle, small tweaks here. I'll start getting the branding in my head, what I want it to be, but no no changes. Yeah, and I think that's important. So um, for me, I think Hossman marketing will be harder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, I, I think, because I've been so involved in it for so long. But I admire people like Gene who are able to do it. And I think it actually shows how progressive they they are in the way they think. Because it's like, it's hard to hand some of that stuff off and give somebody a leadership role in that. And so um, it's something I think about because, you know, I'm, I'm not going to live forever. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, you know, there's a very real possibility that neither of my daughters have any interest in this business right and so um it is something i'm working on but i think it's for me it would be important for somebody to understand all levels of the business so that's sort of my initial thought makes total sense no i think that makes uh, a ton of sense so i just thought it was an interesting thing to ask you because yeah. um, again, we're not getting any younger. I mean, right, you'll exactly. be—if uh, I remember right—you'll be sixty-three next week. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Um, so yeah, <laughs> and congratulations to Joanne for sure. Oh no, you know what? How shame on both of us. Yes, super congratulations to Joanne. I think you know she's been part of that executive team for so long, and, and what a natural progression for her, and what a what a testament because she's the first person in ever. And, yeah. you know, five generations to helm that organization. What a what a testament to the good work she does there. So exactly. congratulations. Absolutely. For sure. All right, Kirby, you got another topic for us? Yeah, I was going to bring up the acquisition of Halo and Sunrise, but since you no, said go ahead. you're allowed to talk, I'm No, I didn't. No, go ahead. I'm totally kidding. Uh, so something funny. Uh, so there's a fight over the word meat. Have you what? seen anything about this? No. <laughs> I thought you would get a kick out of this, and so we can make it super quick. But Missouri has become the first state to regulate the word meat, <laughs> ruling that lab-grown, quote, meats and vegetable alternatives cannot use the word. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I, I think that's su- super interesting. So, like, um, apparently the Missouri Cattlemen's Association has brought this saying that it's very confusing for shoppers Mm -hmm. and harming ranchers Mm -hmm. so i'm curious to know your opinion of it that um tofurkey or sausage or hot dogs should they be using the meat nomenclature 
Well, here's the thing, Kirby. I'm so glad you've asked. <laughs> so you know this type of crap draws me off sides <laughs> almost as quickly as pumpkin spice. So okay. here, here's my thing. This is the type of thing that shows me we really don't have very big problems in this country. <laughs> yes. um, the fact that we can focus on the word meat and whether meat, all you know, is it a meat or a meat alternative? Um, I, you know, it's one of those things. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. I'm sure the intentions are good. To you know, the intention my sense would be, and, and you've read the article. This is the first time I'm hearing about it. I'm assuming the intentions are we want to make sure that companies aren't misleading the public for what they're buying. Is that is that long and short of it? I think that's what they say their intentions are. I think the okay. the intentions are that they want to sell more meat. I yeah I don't. <laughs> You know, this their just, own meat. Yeah, this thing just kind of sends this type of thing sends me into deep, deep hypnosis because right. I just don't understand why we even have to have the discussion. <laughs> Fair. You know, I learned a long time ago that a hot dog probably doesn't contain a whole lot of meat. Yeah. I don't. I don't need a package telling me that. Yes. I don't walk up. I don't walk up to a case full of wieners and go, hmm. Which ones are meaty? And which ones are not meaty? They're all some sort of meat-like substance, and I don't want to see how the hot dogs are made. Right. So, Kirby, I think that is a colossal waste of time for this. You said Missouri, right? Yep. Missouri, Mississippi, whatever. Whatever M state it was, what a colossal waste of time. Fair. All, all right, right, Kirby. All right. New topic, my friend. New topic. Going off on your food theme. Okay. I, I love when serendipity happens, and that's right. twice now. I love it. The town of Mayo, Florida. Have you seen this, Kirby? I have not. There's a town called Mayo, M-A-Y-O, Florida. They changed their name to Miracle Whip, Florida, for three days. (laughs) (laughs) That is fantastic. All right. So they changed their name to Miracle Whip, Florida, for three days for about $25,000. I was going to say, for how much money? Yes. They're selling hats and shirts. I'm proud to be, like they say, uh, I'm proud to be from Miracle Whip, Florida. Um, and they actually did it with the blessing of the town's officials. But here's the interesting part of it. not The residents didn't know about it. So they did it kind of secret. And then they held a, 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 a town hall meeting where the, the mayor just kind of en- endorsed it. And the oh, residents okay. like, what the hell, right? Yeah. Um, but the mayor now wants it to be permanent. Okay. In her statement, she said... We are not going to be boring mayo anymore. She didn't write this clearly. <laughs> we are we are not going to be boring mayo anymore. We are going to be miracle whip. Now, Kirby, I am all for capitalism. I am all for advertising in the many delicious forms it takes in our society. But does this go too far when you're changing your name, even temporarily, of your town, of your hamlet, of your little village? Is it taking it too far, or is this just fun and and cute? Okay, so for the three days, I think it's fun and cute. I actually, it makes me smile. I think it's genius. We're talking about the town. We're talking about Miracle Whip. It doesn't bother me at all. The idea that we would take it, you know what? This was fun for three days. I, I, am, I had a great time in Las Vegas for three days. I'm moving there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think there's a difference, right? Not to say that Las Vegas is a bad town, but it's a three-day town for me, right? The idea that you would change the name forever 
seems weird. So that would be my take on it. I think it's really cute, and I, for twenty five grand, I guess we've learned uh, how much <laughs> how much your town <laughs> is worth and for sale. But I, I think it's cute for three days. I think it's absurd to change it forever. Well, and, and I don't know if it was tongue in cheek if they're actually going to change it forever. I my I don't know. My guess would be. It was part of the uh, the marketing plan so that she would say something, we're not going to be boring mayo anymore. Right, right. And for the record, just if I can go off on a tangent, um, Miracle Whip sucks. <laughs> okay. I, I don't like Miracle Whip. You know, they always say it's got that tang and, you know, you, you know the difference between Miracle Whip and, and mayonnaise is Miracle Whip has that, like, tang at the end of it. Okay. My theory is this, Kirby. Miracle Whip is mayonnaise that's been left outside in the hot sun for about three weeks. So that tang is is bacteria just going nuts in there, which makes me all kinds of tense. You know, the idea that you would have a theory about Miracle Whip is the least surprising fact about you. Oh well, I've got theories about all kinds of food. <laughs> I know you do. That's why I said it's not surprising. Like, like you could pull, you, you, I could tell you all about how I think peanut M and M's are the biggest fraud perpetrated on the American people since New Coke. I could go off on twenty minutes on that. But let's not. No, let's not. So, okay. Kirby, do you have a quick one, or do you want to just launch into fill in the blank? I say we go into fill in the blank. Kirby, I'm so glad. And you know why I'm happy we're going into fill in the blank? Why is that, Bill? We get to welcome back some good, good, good goods to our family here at Unscripted, and that would be the fine, fine folks at Gold Star. Yes. Minus Kenny Ved, who really needs to back off the pumpkin spice shit on my Facebook page. Yes. Um, so... They, I love Gold Star. You love Gold Star. We love how we can experience simplicity there. You know how much I love that. I talk about it all the time about how important it is for us as business people to remove friction from the sales process. And Gold Star makes the buying process so, so easy. They have that all-inclusive pricing that includes setup and decoration charges, free ground shipping on all their writing instruments always, and standard 24 and 48-hour production time in their most, their most popular styles. How much easier can it get? It's so awesome. So if you want a free Simplicity Starter Kit, and by gosh, you do. Yeah. Go to goldstarpens.com slash unscripted. Uh, truly, um, I'll, I'll, I'll ingest with Kenny and all that, but they're great people who really have a great product. I, I'm sitting here holding a Gold Star pen right now, and it's really a phenomenal product, and, and they'll take care of you. So go ahead and head over to goldstarpens.com slash unscripted. You will not be sorry. Did Kirby, are you ready for uh, a little film of the lake? I'm ready. I have a theme again today. I now have a theme too. <laughs> right. Cool. Why don't you go ahead and start us off? All right. So it's a sports theme. Oh, today. Okay. nice, nice. Okay, so the sport that uses swag the best is? Oh, I think it's got to be baseball, um, especially minor league baseball. You Ooh, know, they yeah. are so super creative with the uh, fine promotional merchandise they give out. I'm not familiar with this term <laughs> swag you just used. <laughs> but they are so, uh, so clever with it. And to wacky bobbleheads and, and, you know, I love the names of minor league baseball teams and how they will incorporate that. My, my, I think my favorite minor league baseball team name is the uh, Savannah Sand Nats. Um, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> That and, is awesome. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, here in Nashville, we have the Nashville Sounds, right. um, so it's very cool. And and they're always very creative in how they um, really stretch a marketing dollar. I mean, if you really want a lesson in making the most out of a minimal budget, look at minor league baseball and what they do for their giveaways for games. 
because yeah. I will tell you, it goes beyond um, you know just simple decorated rally towels. They will do something with it. They will make something fun out of it, and they'll create what we all talk about is creating that user experience, and it's all about that experience and how they receive the merchandise. So to me, hands down, minor league baseball, hands down. That It's so funny because I didn't have an answer in my head, and that is a great answer. Thank well you. So my theme this week, Kirby, is football. We are at the launch of the football season. <laughs> okay. The good goods that are the Texas A&M Aggies are kicking off tonight against Middle Shitball State. So I'm okay. looking forward to that game. <laughs> so, Kirby. Yes. Your preferred salty snack treat during a football game is? Salt and vinegar potato chips. I'm not – and, again, I don't know how well you know about this. I'm not a big snack guy, right? Like, no, I, don't I know that. I eat a lot of sweets. I don't eat a lot of that stuff. But it's funny. I would say – I, I, the thing that popped in my head was salt and vinegar potato chips. I also love Pringles. So those would probably oh, be my my two. I love the Pringles. <laughs> those would probably be my two go-to when I'm having a nice cold beer. I would have one of those kind of potato chips. Um, so that those would be my go-to. That, yep, that's, uh, those are good go-to, sir. Okay. All right. The best sport to play while having a beer is... Uh, there's no other answer than softball because okay. I think I think it's actually a sport you can carry a beer with you as you're playing. Right. Um, I don't. Con- I, I guess bowling could qualify, but let's sure. go. I'm going to stick with softball. I'm going to stick with softball. Um, I've been part of softball games where right behind home plate there's a keg, and <laughs> so you know when you can have an actual vessel, uh, a delivery vehicle for beer on the field. Yeah, but it's hard hard to beat that. That's a win for sure. That is a win. All right, Kirby. The worst possible NFL game matchup is blank versus blank. Ooh, the worst possible. It's probably the Bills versus the Browns, but I'm not going to say that. <laughs> that's uh, exactly what I thought, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I knew it, that's what you would say. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for a W in that game. I, um, I would say, I'm trying to think of the, the teams that, see, the problem with coming up with this is that the teams that I would think of are the ones that I'm not interested in, so I don't think of them right away. I would say um, the Giants, which I know that'll make some people mad, versus the Cardinals. Like, I just don't care about it. Like, I think the Giants are one of those teams that's wildly over. No, you know what? I, I take that back. The Giants versus the Ravens. I can't stand the Ravens. Okay, yeah. And, and Brett Schaefer, who's a good time player, man, and a fan of this fine broadcast, he now will now unsubscribe because he's a big <laughs> Giants fan. Um, and, and here's the thing. I don't care. I think you're right. I think the Giants are the most irrelevant team in the NFL. And actually, I think we should take the view that uh, English Premier League soccer does and relegate them to minor league football. <laughs> yeah, but you just say that because you're a Cowboys guy. But I'm not sure think- what you're I'm not sure what you're talking about there. I actually think with Saquon Barkley and a couple of the additions, they're at least going to be more interesting. But for the most part, I think watching them is like watching the paint dry. No, they they are. And I I struggle with Eli Manning as quarterback. I think he was a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but I hate the bitter beer face he always has. Um, (laughs) My one criticism of Tony Romo when he was the Cowboys quarterback, every time he threw a pick, he always put it through his hands up like, what are you doing over there? You know, it's not always the receiver's fault. And and, uh, Manning does that too. Yeah. Fair. All right. Okay. Your turn. Um, so the U.S. Open is yes. going on right now. U.S. Open tennis. So when yes. you think of the tennis U.S. Open, you think yeah. of? Oh, I think of Jimmy Connors versus John McEnroe. I grew up loving tennis. Um, I think you know that. I played tennis at, at a fairly decently high level until I had to choose between swimming and tennis. Um, right. Because they practice at the same time, and I, I – I still regret to this day that I chose swimming. I think I actually had more natural ability in tennis, but that's beside the point. Um, I loved uh, 
John McEnroe like nobody's business. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then when Connors had that one year, and gosh darn it, I can't remember the year. Maybe it was 90, 91, 88, where he had that deep run as an yep. as an older guy. Yep. And he was, Got the know, semis. The, yeah, the, the passion they displayed. And there's nothing more American than John McEnroe, Jimmy Connors, and Flushing Meadows, New York, Playing tennis, yeah. I, I'm yeah. sorry, night, I, that's, night tennis, night ab- tennis, absolutely. Awesome too, yeah. in, in the stadium court, absolutely, yeah. unequivocally. That's easy answer, easy man. You're making it easy for me today, Kirby. Oh. I love it, Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the best television broadcasting team for the NFL is blank. The best broadcasting team in the NFL is blank. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to go with an unpopular answer. I think a lot of people don't like these guys, um, but it's uh, is it Joe Buck and Troy Aikman? Um, I think nice. that like I actually really like Aikman, and I think the two of them complement each other. So th- again, that's a day to day, every Sunday kind of thing. I really like those two. I think Buck is. It's funny people. People hate Buck, man. Yeah, he's polarizing. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys that I don't really understand why he's polarizing. Like I always say, like LeBron James, people don't like him, and I don't understand why. Joe Buck is a little bit like that for me. I'm like, he's an announcer. There, almost no announcer pisses me off that much. And yeah. So I think he does a good job, and I think Troy Aikman compliments him. I, I agree. I think Buck can come across as smarmy, but I kind of like his particular brand of smarminess. So I'm right there <laughs> okay. with you. Okay. All right, Fair you got enough. one more? Yep, I got one more. Yep. The sport you could most effectively coach – is <laughs> I was gonna go with high lie, <laughs> but I knew I, it. <laughs> but but I think it would be um, it would be football. Uh, okay. I just think it's always been my favorite sport to watch. I think I understand it the best. I did coach football at a youth level, very low youth level, um, and I really enjoyed. You know, I'm getting all sentimental. I just remember coaching my kids, and I just right. remember how much. Um, and I was always like, you know, every coach has their role, and I was always the nice coach, the encouraging coach. And, right. and I, uh, I don't know. I'm not even answering your question. I'm going down memory lane here in my brain. So no, that's good. You would be a good football coach, is what you're I th- me. I think I'd be a decent football coach, but I'd have to be like the get back coach. The you know, you know, you know, what the get get back coach is right. Hey guys, get back, get back off the line, get back. That's the good coach I would be. <laughs> Okay. I need to get, get get back, Coach. Okay, Kirby, last one, and then I've got a little rapid fire for you. The two teams that will be playing in the Super Bowl in February of 2019 are blank and blank. The Cowboys and the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> Could you please take this seriously? Come on. Okay, so... So the Cowboys and who? <laughs> I was going to say, man, I felt like I was feeding both of our fans. You are, no, but who do you really think, though, if you had to put your money on it? I mean, if I'm putting my money on it, I have always got to put the Patriots in there. Yeah. Um, and I think that from the NFC, and again, I'm not paying close enough sure. attention to really understand, but I would say the one that's interesting to me would be the Vikings. Oh, um, very nice. Very yeah, nice so, pick. yeah, because I think they've got all the weapons, and I think it all, you can, we're really going to find out if Kirk Cousins is the real deal right now. Yeah. Uh, this year, and the window is super narrow, I yeah. think. They're either going to do it this year or they're not going to do it at all. Yeah. So, and, there you go. And I'm going I'm to break precedent here, and I'm going to go with Saints and Chiefs. Okay. All right. Right. Well, there you go. You got our Super Bowl picks before we okay. see the football game, and that's that's the way. And then and that's the way it should be done. Okay, that's the way it should be done. All right, Kirby. Rapid fire, football themed. Head coach okay. or general manager? General manager. Offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator? Offensive coordinator. 
Outside stadium or dome? Outside stadium. Grass or fake turf? Grass. Halfback or fullback? Halfback. Wide receiver or tight end? Wide receiver. Defensive end or middle linebacker? Middle linebacker. Quarterback or backup quarterback? (laughs) I would definitely be a backup quarterback. Quarterback or safety? Uh, Safety. Punter or kicker? Punter. Scoreboard operator or referee? (laughs) Scoreboard operator is a much less stressful job. Water boy or bench warmer? Bench warmer. Dallas Cowboys or Dallas Cowboys? Cleveland Browns. Damn it, Kirby. I (laughs) I knew you were going to do that. You were so close. You you get so close to the prize, but you never quite, you know, like a poor marksman, you keep missing the target. But you know who never misses the target, Kirby? Who's that, Bill? That'd be the good people at Common Skew. They never miss the target because their objective, their target, and they hit it every damn day, is to help you elevate your distributor business by great cloud-based online software tools. The community, we talked about that earlier. We know you're interested. Go ahead. Stop listening to this podcast in about 33 seconds and go ahead and log on to your Google machine and put in commonskew.com slash unscripted. You really won't be sorry you did. Get that free trial. Understand how they can help you grow your distributor business. Kirby, I always look forward to this every week. It's a highlight, so thank you for taking the time, even though you're very bitter about your calendar situation. <laughs> and uh, I'm getting better. Uh, you are, and I hope uh, it gets rectified soon. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.